It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. Sitka has returned to high COVID alert level after public health officials reported another four cases on Monday. The new cases put Sitka's seven-day total at nine, the threshold for moving from substantial to high alert. The recommended precautions at the various levels are not substantially different. Masks are encouraged across the spectrum from low to high alert, for example. But guidelines regarding the size of group gatherings and social distancing are tighter at substantial and high alert. Sitka was one of only two communities to dip into moderate alert late last week. It returned to substantial on Monday and, again, has now returned to high. Statewide, Alaska remains in high alert, but the numbers have been trending down. 356 new cases were reported across the state on Monday. 152 residents are currently hospitalized with COVID-19. The Sitka Fish and Game Advisory Committee has voted to support a third herring management proposal submitted by the Sitka Tribe of Alaska, but only by the slimmest of margins. An effort to reconsider two earlier tribal proposals, however, was voted down. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The committee met on November 10th and after almost two and a half hours of discussion and testimony, voted 7-6 to support Proposal 158, which would adjust the harvest threshold for herring in Sitka to prevent the overharvest of older herring. One committee member abstained. The support for Proposal 158 led one member to ask whether the committee was premature in voting down two similar proposals from the tribe, Proposals 156 and 157, which also would require the commercial herring fishery in Sitka Sound to be more selective in avoiding older fish, which are regarded as very important to the subsistence harvests of spawn-on branches. Eric Jordan was in the majority opposing 156 and 157. He motioned for reconsideration. This is such an important decision for subsistence and hearing conservation and the industry that we need the benefit if we're gonna advise the Board of Fisheries on the staff analysis that they're gonna have in front of them then. So they will know that this community, this advisory committee and this community had all the information they are gonna have in front of them before we made our recommendation. And we didn't have that when we voted on 156 and 157. The Sitka Advisory Committee, known as the Sitka AC, has spent the last three weeks on just the three herring proposals from the Sitka Tribe of Alaska. There are several other proposals about herring from other parties that the committee has yet to address, as well as several proposals regarding the management of king salmon. The committee has until December 22nd to pass along its recommendations to the Alaska Board of Fisheries. Committee member Tad Fujioka felt reconsidering the two previous proposals would be a disservice to all the proposals still to come. Very slow rate that we are going through these proposals. Um, I'm not in favor of undoing what little progress we've made at this point uh, um, preemptively. If we have time at the end of this process to revisit proposals, then I'm willing to go back and look at them. But I don't want to take our recommendation, even if it's a preliminary recommendation, off the books at this time. Committee member Karen Johnson did not want to go back to the starting line with the tribe's earlier proposals. I don't think we should undo what we've done and start over. Um, If we have time at the end, okay, but let's not go backwards at this point. We had a lot of good information, a lot of good comments, 
And I think we should hold on to that. The motion to reconsider tribal herring proposals 156 and 157 failed. Proposal 158, however, passed, but without the support of Eric Jordan, who said he supported the conservation of herring, but he could not see how the fishery could occur without also taking older fish. Jordan nevertheless gave credit to his fellow committee members, the tribe, fish and game staff, and to the public for putting in the effort to help manage the state's fisheries. I just think this is an amazing process, and I'm part of the reason I made so many of these motions tonight which I changed my position on after hearing from committee members is I want the public to know that we are listening. And I think everything that went on here tonight shows that we are and we respect the perspectives. And this committee has led the state in efforts to conserve hearing here. And I think that's part of the reason we still have a healthy herring stock here is because of the efforts of this committee and the department and the tribe and everybody, things from minimum threshold before we have a fishery to uh, protected areas that other places don't have, even yet. The support or lack thereof of the Sitka AC can help guide the Board of Fish in making regulatory decisions but it doesn't seal the fate of any individual proposal. The Board of Fish Southeast Finfish meeting begins in Ketchikan on January 4th. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The Sitka Advisory Committee meets next at 6 p.m. today, Wednesday, November 17th, to address King Salmon proposals. You can find a link to the Zoom meeting on our website, kcaw.org. The state ferry Matanuska will require another two weeks of work at a Ketchikan shipyard. The 58-year-old ship was due to resume sailings December 6th following an annual overhaul. The Alaska Department of Transportation says routine inspections showed the need for additional steelwork. That will delay its return until December 20th. In response, the Alaska Marine Highway has added some stops by the ferry Kennecott in Wrangell and Petersburg in late November and early December. That ship is sailing from Bellingham to Kodiak and Homer with some stops in southeast. Petersburg has just five stops a month from the Kennecott, both northbound and southbound, scheduled for both October and November. Wrangell has had just four in October and three scheduled this month. The ferry Lacanti added a stop in Huna and Cake in mid-December because of the delay for the Matanuska. Cake has only two stops a month scheduled this fall on the Lacanti. Juno's Board of Education has approved new oral narrative standards for its Tlingit culture, language, and literacy program. As KTOO's Bridget Dowd reports, these are the first oral narrative standards to be developed for Tlingit language to be taught to schoolchildren. The literacy program is available to kindergartners through fifth graders in the Juneau School District. It requires an application and acceptance through a lottery process. The school district has been working with community partners like Sea Alaska Heritage Institute, the Douglas Indian Association, and Gold Belt Heritage Foundation to foster the revitalization of Tlingit language. Before the school board's vote last week, JSD Director of Teaching and Learning Support, Ted Wilson, said the new standards were an important step in a long journey. We also have representatives from the preschool and from UAS so that we can talk about what 
curriculum looks like all the way through from when you're tiny, tiny until you are in college. Wilson says they'd like to see the program expand to other grade levels, but aren't sure when that would be possible, considering they'd need to develop a number of fluent speakers who can teach it in order to do that. The final reading of the standards during the school board meeting prompted several emotional responses from the public and new board member Amber Fromhurst. I'm Danae from Arizona, and this is a gift that you are presenting to probably many of families who are not able to, to share it as much as we want to. I would love to teach my own children our language, but I was not taught my language. Paul Marks also spoke at the meeting, thanking the board first in Klingit. I just want to say thank you to all those that are working towards a standard of our people to be taught to our children. Our elders were the ones who taught us, and they taught us so that we would teach our children. The district and its partners are working on developing a reading and writing curriculum for the program. In Juneau, I'm Bridget Dowd. Alaska Congressman Don Young named two veteran political consultants to his campaign team Monday, dispelling rumors that the 88-year-old would step aside in favor of a like-minded younger candidate. Young was one of only 13 House Republicans to vote for a trillion-dollar infrastructure bill last week. Ignoring those calling him a traitor to the party for helping Democrats, Young was at the White House Monday for an outdoor signing ceremony. Alaska Public Media's Liz Ruskin reports. Young ribbed President Biden for being long-winded on a gusty day. He said he nearly froze to death. We were wondering when you were going to stop for a moment and never froze to death. I'll tell you what, I know what you mean. Young wore a dark overcoat and leaned on a cane. Someday, he says, he'll decide not to run, or God will decide that for him. We don't live forever, but right now, I want to be in the majority again. I want to be able to do the job as I've done in the past, but I'm doing going to continue to do and uh, excited about it. Young named political consultant Art Hackney and communications professional Matt Shakaro as campaign advisors. State Senator Josh Revac is his campaign chairman. Alaska Republicans sometimes suggest Revac would be a likely successor to Young, so having him on the Young re-election team quells rumors. Young says he has some back pain, hence the cane, and in the halls of the Capitol, he's been relying on a wheelchair lately. On occasion, yes, because long distances, it it does hurt. You know, I I really get get anybody say anything about that. I mean, are are they really disrespecting the less fortunate or the handicapped? More than most Republicans, Young has availed himself of proxy voting, a pandemic rule that allows another member of Congress to cast his vote. Young's done that on 14 days this year. Challenger Nicholas Begich III calls that surprising, since Young called the rule flagrantly unconstitutional when Democrats adopted it. Young says it's been useful when he's in Alaska, and he says he uses it more than others because his district is so far from the Capitol. Reporting from Washington, I'm Liz Ruskin. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.